Nerds and losers, it is now time for your weekly podcast from the Naked Man. First, sitting to my left, he currently resides from Taipei and still insists Sucker Punch is a good movie. It's Ben! Sitting to my right, in between viewings of Blade, he occasionally goes out. It's Nathan! Try not to swear so fucking much this week. You know what needs a crisis? Th- uh, what needs a crisis team in the world? A crisis team. Yeah. What does a crisis team even mean? What what would need what needs it in the world, right? Um. I feel like I need a crisis team, but like not with the crisis team, but like um, who are the people that live underneath the swamp? And it's always like um, meanwhile it's a legion of doom or something. Underneath the swamp, yeah, the the bad guys in the most genre fiction. The bad guys in like DC, and they're all like Hmm. underground in their special base. That's what I picture as like a crisis team. So it's like if um, Jazz asks me to do something, I can like go, I'll be right back. And then I just go down there and I discuss it with my team of people. Mm. But what needs a crisis team? Um, That was your question. Hmm. Who needs one? You know what? It's Oscar season. I feel like you're going to say the Oscars. You're exactly right. Oscars are receiving a crisis team because (laughs) of the Will Smith slap situation. Which in my mind is like, is it really that big a deal? Honestly, like what... I know everyone was fucking talking about it for like a week and it's like, oh, someone got slapped at the Oscars. But, you know, everyone needs a slap once in a while, I think. Everyone should get slapped like a couple of times through their life. I think you're pretty much right on. I'm just wondering who this crisis team is going to be. So is it going to be like, I don't know, who, who would you put on the crisis team? Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. Uh, Stallone from Cobra. Because mm. um, he's just got that beret. Patrick from Spongebob. Yep. 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 And um, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis, why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly, Mila uh, Kunis is the wild card. <laughs> She's the one that fucks it all up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty good crisis team, isn't it? Because it'd be led It's pretty good crisis team, yeah. Danny Glover. Danny, oh, all right. Danny Glover, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, quite level-headed. Mm. So he sort of brings it all together. Yeah, he'd never be on the crisis team at the Oscars because he's back. Got better things to do. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar yeah, the crisis but, team is wild. For what? For one incident, there's like, honestly, did anything bad that really happened of that incident? All right, someone had no. two minutes of pain. All right, they've had that before. Chris Rock apparently has made some really good material out of it. So really, it's kind of just benefited him. And Will Smith, like, apologized and, like, maybe he's going to be, like, a year without getting that many roles. And then everyone's going to, like, forget about it because, it's like, oh, you would try trying to defend your wife. Okay, fine. Christ, uh, I don't know. What it says to me is that this whole, because it was on, on live TV because everyone saw it, they care more about the views than the underlying problems with the Oscars and the film industry. Obviously, all of, obviously, all of the Harvey Weinstein stuff, obviously, all the diversity problems. They're, they only give a shit about 
what people can see and what's really obvious, right? Which is how a society kind of works. What's the most obvious problem we're going to attack that? Not the underlying bullshit, which leads to the more obvious problem. But yes, like a crisis team, uh, when, it, when I read it, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, really? Really? That's not going to happen again. That's not, uh, unless people want, unless a comedian really wants new material, it's like, I'm just going to make shit happen. As Ricky Gervais is up there, it's like, I want someone to try and shoot me, you know? Mm. And honestly, that's just good TV. Very much. It's ridiculous. It's very Oscars. I remember you had all the, all the white people after saying how traumatised they were by watching someone get mm. slapped. Um, but it's very Hollywood to make a crisis team for that and not for how horrifyingly exploited everyone had been for, for yeah. like years. Yeah. <laughs> how, how underpaid all the um, actresses are compared to their, co- their male co-stars. Yes. Let's not get a crisis team for that, but let's get it when uh, Chris Rock makes a really outdated G.I. Jane reference. <laughs> how a woman and he gets has no hair. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing that irked me about it. So, all right, you can have you have a crisis team for the fact. The Oscars is like very, very reactive. Like a lot of people, a lot of things are very reactive, right? There was they had controversy when there was no all the all directors from like two years ago were like white males or something that were nominated, right? And they were like, all right, we're going to make a big push to have like more black directors be more inclusive or or other race directors and stuff like that. But okay, that's good. In a way, that's good. People are learning from their mistakes and blah, blah, blah. But be more proactive, I guess, rather than reactive to everything, right? So just understand that you should probably have these things in place already before someone fucking complains about them. Yeah. You probably shouldn't just let people walk on the stage unchecked. (laughs) They have security is a thing already. Yeah. 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 And to be fair, Wilson did it. He played. He, he acted very well. That's a, that was a better performance in his last seven movies. It really seemed very cool. Like, oh, oh, no, no, no. It's not very nice. <laughs> ah, who cares? <laughs> it's Will Smith. Like, when has Will Smith been like amazing since like he seven? Literally now? won the Oscar last year. Oh, that's true. Oh, I'm being I'm being <laughs> such an ignorant slut. He's <laughs> really good in King Richard. All right. Just because you don't watch this, is, you don't watch his movies. I, I, I did watch King Richard. And I really liked it. I, yeah, I guess I, I have ADD, so I forgot. He's in, a, he's in Emancipation <laughs> on Apple TV right now. It's pretty yeah. nice. What's that about? He's like a slave. Alright. It's a pretty harrowing tale. Yeah, it's pretty it's, much it's, Oscar bait. It is Oscar bait. Except it's not a very good movie. He kept doing that every now and then. We had Seven Pounds, we had Hitch, we had Concussion. Pursuit of Happiness, which is an amazing film. Yeah. yeah. And then, mm-hmm. every now and then he just goes, I'm going to try and win an Oscar. Yeah. And usually he And fails. he did. And he and did he... eventually. All it was trick was so he just slapped somebody and the Academy was like, all right, all right, you can have it, you can have it. And that'll yeah. fuck off. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. But yeah, we're here this week to talk Oscar bait movies. Now, Ben, what is an Oscar bait movie? What does that mean to you? A movie that is, once you watch the trailers, like, oh, that movie is from a, maybe an upcoming, maybe a prolific director who is like, I want the Academy Award, so I'm going to go and do, do the most 
stereotypical thing that wins the Oscars, the most genres, the most sort of like actors that are like, oh, this is prestige filmmaking. And this is about a very serious subject, which has its place in the world. But I think even people who aren't into as much, who don't have a podcast about media, right? Uh, understand this. They're like They know what Oscar bait means, right? Every, you go and talk to 10 English speaking people. They know eight of them are probably going to know what Oscar bait probably means. It's like when you have a really serious subject, it's like, uh, maybe it won't be the most fun film to watch. Maybe it won't be the most funny film to watch, but it's like, oh, this is about something really serious. So I wanted to win me the Academy Award. So I can get better money on, on future projects, which is true. People do that. Pretty much. That's pretty much it. There's usually like four types of movies and they're all played deadly serious. They're never, no one ever laughs in these movies. Mm. And they're always either about war, Hollywood itself, um, banking, banking, sport. Yeah. They're the four. Or like, there's more, but yeah, they're, they're usually about like pedophilia. They're usually about like fucking. Uh, there's, there's been some. Name uh, one, one pedophilia movie. Did Sleepers win um, an Oscar? No, the one with about the. It was like five years ago. They had Mark. Uh, oh, had the whole oh yeah. yeah. Um, Albon, that Darkest, one. Was... Darkest Hour? No. No, no, no. It was, like, it was like the. the, the yeah, I know what you mean. The something. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I think it was just called <laughs> Christianity. Yeah, yeah, maybe. The, the Christianity fight. colon the movie. <laughs> yeah, Mark Ruffler was a bitch in that movie. Just whining the entire time. Yeah. I mean, it's about, about a serious subject. Yeah, but do we, can we not have some laughs? <laughs> can we not have some <laughs> comedy about priests molesting kids? Woo! <laughs> that's, that's what we need. Yeah, there is actually a lot of those movies, isn't there? Hollywood's yeah. got a weird thing for kids. Yeah. You can say that again. <laughs> um, so yeah, what, what we're going to do today is we're going to bring back um, one of our tried and tested methods of making good content, which is to mm. create our own Oscar bait movies because it is see, we're too late for this year, but it's always next year. I feel, like we, I feel like we could make something good. We um, can get the screenplay out, recruit some actors. Yeah. Who, who do you think the lowest level of actor is that we could actually get? We could probably get. Hmm. I reckon we could get Casey we, Affleck. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's reaching high. I reckon we could get some of the cast of One Tree Hill. I reckon some I of the cast of uh, Dawson's Creek. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I reckon we could get them. Led by Casey Affleck. Led by Casey Affleck. Yeah. I reckon we could get the main woman from Gilmore Girls. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. The mum, um, whatever. Laura Graham. Hmm. Someone, let me know if I'm right. At Rogue underscore opinion, tweet. We can get sixty percent of the cast of Heroes. I don't think that's a bad shout. <laughs> do any of them still work? Some of them do. The the mate, the hand. Peter Pettigrew, no, not Peter Pettigrew. Uh, <laughs> who was the main guy? Who, the like, mouse from yeah, Harry Potter. We can get him. We can get, we can get the mouse from Harry Potter. No, we um, couldn't get Timothy Spall. He's too good for us. 
we get who's the guy in Heroes who like really wanted superpowers? He was played by a really handsome dude, Milo or something. I reckon we get him. No, I don't. All Zachary right. Quinto. Uh, I think Zachary Quinto is a bit too good for us. He's actually a really he's good actor. Doing anymore? I don't know, but he's great in a lot of stuff. Love him as Sila, the Star Trek. Yeah. He was in Heroes, wasn't he? I'm not going yeah. mad. Yeah, he was the main villain in Heroes, yeah. I thought I'd just derailed the conversation. He was in a couple seasons of American Horror Story. Yeah, we could get we could get maybe 10% of the American Horror Story cast. We can't get Evan Peters. Don't think we could. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like really successful. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Wildly successful. Um, but yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to draw at random from our, from our list of... Um, of people that we have easy access to so we've got some mm. esteemed actors um we've got some people that potentially need a little bit of a career resurgence um 60 of the cast of one tree here wasn't in there <laughs> but maybe <laughs> i should add it as an option um and then of course we've got genre genre is pretty important because if you get the genre yeah. wrong as many um good filmmakers have found it doesn't matter how good your movie is if the genre is wrong yes yeah. if you're making top gun maverick even though it's probably the best movie of last year. It ain't getting shit. <laughs> Action movie, can't do it. Action movies ain't getting there. Horror movies, forget it. Um, what else doesn't make it? Heist movies never get nominated. Superhero movies, I mean, they've got nominated that once. Yeah. Fast and Furious movies, movies about family. <laughs> family does get nominated, it's just usually... Not, not about cars. <laughs> sure the Rock Diesel. is never in it. I think Vin Diesel even gets an invite. The Rock definitely gets an invite <laughs> to the Oscars. Hmm. He's always at these award ceremonies, and you're just kind of yeah. like, "Why are you there? <laughs> you're not going to win." <laughs> Who invited you? He might, he might mean we. All right, this is, this is talking shit on the Rock, and I'm sure he's great, but he might win like an MTV Movie Award. Oh, definitely for like best use of sweat. Best tricep. Yeah. yeah. Best tricep. Best jungle movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Best ensemble, and it's just him and Kevin Hart. Yeah. Very good ensemble. Do you think Dwayne has the range to ever be nominated for an Oscar? Like an act, I'm talking best actor. Um Yes. Being optimistic, yes. I think not for at least ten years. I reckon because obviously his his Getting on in years now, I think the dude's like fifty something, right? He can't be jacked when he's sixty-five. I don't think he can anyway. Yeah, I mean, Arnie. Arnie's jacked. Yeah, I mean, he's tight. Uh, yeah, all right. Stallone uh, is definitely still jacked. Stallone is pretty jacked. Yeah, all right, um, all right. Maybe this. Yeah, my point might be disproven, but also, I think you gain a bit of like. You humble yourself probably at that age. I think you gain a bit of perspective, I think, which it can be kind of painful, I think. So maybe through that, because I think The Rock is actually a really, really smart guy. Like, I think he's actually kind of, this is actually, he doesn't play characters who are generally like the geniuses, but I think the dude is pretty fucking smart. So, I mean, you wouldn't be in this position if it weren't. And so I think if, if he goes through the, the problems of like actually getting to like an older age he could have the right level of like stoicism and gravitas i think maybe you could because the problem is you see everyone sees the rock as like fucking superman right he's like he's 
he's the idea of physical perfection in like a lot of ways is like really jacked and tall and blah blah blah. He's he's still the action hero. I think it's very, very hard for anyone to win an Oscar when they look like the action hero as much as him, right? Mm. But taking that away a little bit and the effect that's gonna have on his like ego, on his on his view of himself, because I'm sure he's a lovely dude and I'm sure he's very, very complex. He probably does see himself as this guy that's very that he, he sees himself as the action hero and he looks like it, right? That's probably partially how he sees himself. So taking that away, probably gonna be a bit painful, probably gonna be a little bit, you know, forced person to grow. And the rock, I'm sure, is a vastly better person than I am right now. <laughs> he probably was when at 30. But you know, I reckon that's probably gonna give him some of the flair that he needs to to win, in, win the Oscar. I have an idea. Can I pitch you a real yeah. quick idea? This is how to write yeah. his Oscar, and it's really, really easy. I think you're right. I think he slims down a little bit. But mm. He uses some of the muscle mass for a bit, gets back into, like, 2010 rock. Sure. But a little bit smaller, not as big. And he plays Shepard in the Mass Effect trilogy. <laughs> yeah, that's how he wins your Oscar. <laughs> that's how he wins your Oscar. The story's already there. So yeah. we don't, we, because, let's be honest, like, just because you win the best actor Oscar doesn't mean you are the best actor. It means you 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 were in the best movie for you at the time. Yeah, sure. Like, and what I mean by that is, it's like all these guys are amazing actors, but they do need you need the material. Yeah, I think you need at least like scene yeah. review. Yeah, 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 for sure. You need a script and the actor to work in harmony. So we've got a really mm. good story. We just need to we just need a good writer, and The Rock plays Shepard. Um. Brilliant. There we go. Then we get a really? space okay. movie, and it's technically, it's sort of a heist movie as well. Yeah. In, in yeah. The, the first two are definitely heists. Yeah, so, yeah. And that's how we get space and heist movies winning best pictures. I would love nothing more. I don't think that's going to happen. But if if I were if I had a genie, I would wish for it. No, if he likes video game movies, it's going to be better than that fucking Doom movie. That Doom movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doom in like 25 yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that movie was terrible. <laughs> real bad. Um, anyway, right, so we're going to do a random draw. I've got a wheel. I've got some best actors on, um, actor winners on here. Um, mm. Ben, I'm going to draw for you first. All right. You are giving the Oscar to Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, my. Right. She's already one bigger uh, person. My future wife, I'm, I think she's married already, but I can break that up. It's Hollywood. She'll, she'll only be married for another couple of weeks. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mean to talk shit on Jennifer's <laughs> husband. Now just try to get back to to my wheels. Unfortunately, I've got a, a, an advert for Bumble on my phone screen right Bumble. now. Bumble. Yeah. I'll do that. It won't let me back, back on, but there we go. Um, okay, we're about to spin the wheel. I've got Halle Berry. Oh, interesting. Is Halle Berry, Halle Berry an Oscar winner? She is an Oscar winner. Oh. Ooh, there we go. Now you're gonna help you're gonna help somebody out. Now um he kind of reinvite uh, reinvent their career, get themselves mm. back on get themselves back on track. track. Just gonna add the rock as an option. <laughs> and there we go, we're spinning, we're spinning. Jennifer Lawrence starring alongside 
Lisa Kudjo. Who? Lisa Kudjo. Who? Oh, Phoebe. Nice. Phoebe from Friends. And it's just Googling Lisa Kudjo. <laughs> Which one for Friends was that? Was that Rachel, right? No, that wasn't Rachel. It was Phoebe. <laughs> Rachel was Aniston. Aniston needs no help. True. I've got Halle Berry and David Duchovny. Hey, I love Agent, Agent Mulder from the X-Files. Just write that shit down. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, we've both got interesting cars. I mean, it is a very interesting cars. It's not yeah. something to see crop up there. Um, your movie to win the Oscar is going to be... Ooh, a family drama. Family drama. Oh, this writes itself. It, it does. In, I have put in parentheses, nothing happens. Because I felt that's important <laughs> for a lot of family drama. It's got to be very tightly, a lot, a lot of whimsical dialogue. I watched that Banshee movie with um, Colin Farrell and Brendan yeah. Gleeson. Nothing what happens. About oh, you watched it? Yeah, I watched All it. Right. Nothing not, happens. Uh, yeah, some people have an argument. Barry Keogh was there throwing stones in the lake. Like, All right. And then but two like, hours went past, and I was like, what the hell is that? Because I, I love the director that they did. The same guy did in Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. Like, I really, really like that director. And but I watched the trailer, and it did seem like, oh, this movie this seems very, very, very boring. Yeah, I'm just glad it wasn't three hours long. How, yeah. much, how long was it? Like two. All right. That's so not too bad. Maybe I'll watch it. Okay, Halle Berry and David Duchovny are in a movie about the Holocaust. Hey! That'll work. <laughs> it's going to go really, really well. So, um, yeah, we have to play on Hollywood's heartstrings there, which means that mm. I feel like I'm already in the running. Mm. Um, you've got some work to do. Family drama. Yeah, mine's going to be really easy. Oh, yeah? I think mine's also going to be kind of easy, in a way. Like, I've got initial ideas already. Would it be offensive if I cast Halle Berry as a Nazi? Yes. <laughs> Doesn't mean you can't do it. But yes, that would be a It'd be very Tropic Thunder, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Which is in any way. You see, um, we're just all over the place this episode. We, we try, this is, we're trying to have like a premise to this episode, but I feel like I keep derailing it. Did you see this week there was a group of people on Twitter who are acting as if they have just discovered Tropic Thunder? Really? Someone wrote a massive Twitter thread. Um, about mm. how um, Ben still needs to apologise, everything like that. And then a load of people jumping on it, like, oh my God, I can't believe this was a thing. It's like, it was, yeah. Isn't that a lot of it? <laughs> it's also like, it makes fun. It's, the, it's such the anti cancel culture sort of film. It makes fun and it just kind of destroys any argument for any bad thing it's doing. Like, Robert Downey Jr. plays a guy who wants to be like black, essentially, right? He's a, method, he's a method actor. He's taken a mission. He's a method actor, yeah. He won, he, he, yeah. So he's like had uh, skin implantation, implantation and shit like that, right? The amount, he gets mocked the entire movie. They know it's a wrong thing to do. That is the point of the comedy. That is the point of the film. We can't just be like, no, 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 no one is ever going to do anything offensive ever again because then we just destroy comedy, which is in my mind, one of the most important things in the world. You're always going to offend somebody with some joke. As long as it doesn't come from a bad place, people should just shut the fuck up. Like, everyone should... Everyone's a fucking Karen now. Like, 60% of the world are just fucking Karens. That's the problem. 
Yeah, I think people are probably taken out of context as well because I, yeah. I, I imagine oh, what they've course. actually seen is some still images it's, of Robert Downey. It's, two, it's 2023. Do people know what context is? Yeah, so it just seems a weird thing to bring up at this mm. point. It's like this was dealt with at the time. <laughs> Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah. Leave us alone with yeah. our silly movie. You've got plenty <laughs> of other stuff to be mad about. Yeah, for sure. Um, right. Well, we've got our movies. We're we're ready to go. Ben, just remind everyone what, who you've got. I have got Jennifer Lawrence and Lisa Kudrow in a family drama. Okay, and I've got Halle Berry and David Duchovny. Um, they are dealing with the Holocaust. I'm not going to say in the Holocaust because I've not decided how I'm going to play this. Could be before, could be after, could be... It's Halle Berry and David Duchovny pitching the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I doubt reserve the right to do that this is going to really upset some people oh of course it is um, well that's, not. that's what we're here for anyway we're going to take 20 real minutes so this is a break that's actually a break for us but it will be mere moments for you guys and then we will be back to to kind of i guess picture this movie picture it. picture it. Yeah. all right guys we'll be back in 20 minutes right now After a little break, we've had to uh, flex our creative muscles. We found weird stories. Uh, Nathan has betrayed you all. Yeah, yep, yep. I have. I chickened out of writing the Holocaust story. I'm sorry. I did spin again, um, and I got kaiju. It's a kaiju. You chickened story. out. The, you chickened out the Holocaust. I bet a lot of people wish they could have done that. Yeah, I, they think they probably did. They they probably do wish that. But yeah. I have the luxury <laughs> of time. Um, yeah. And everyone being too scared to call me out on it. Hey, the benefits yeah. of making a not really that successful podcast, hey. Pretty much. That's the luxury <laughs> of not of not having uh, the massive success of Jet Rogan. Is I can really yeah. just say what I want. No one will care. No, no one will care. But yeah, I did. I did chicken out. So I did get Kaiju. Um, mm. Do you want me to begin? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you the name of the movie until the yeah. end of the movie because it reveals too much. Um, so this yeah. is my kaiju um, Oscar bait movie. Um, mm. So the movie, the year is 2028. The movie is going to start off, I do have a scene from the movie in a moment, but this is the pitch, this is the idea. The, yeah. It starts with the world is just completely destroyed. We don't know what kaiju mm. did this. Kaiju has destroyed everything. The movie starts with graphic shots of families being separated, countries falling, mass graves, ruin everywhere. Um, the world only has one sanctuary uh, for this place, and but it's a, the opening is a 35-minute R-rated, just black and white shot of pure destruction. Um, the Rolling Stone. 35 minutes. 35 minutes of just like war oh, footage. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's face-to-face interviews with survivors who are just going to be like character actors the entire time. Yeah. Like um, three of them are just played by Harvey Weinstein, um, <laughs> just wearing like different clothes. Sure. Um, yep. Yep, we then see the last shot we see is a really R-rated footage of a small girl being stepped on by the kaiju whilst her mother then watches 
and that scene was actually described as really powerful shit by the Rolling Stone. Mm. So that's interesting. Um, so <laughs> then we get into after that 35 minute survivor footage reel, we get into the scene. So David Duchovny and Halle Berry, um, they're playing some sort of manager people. I'm not going to say who, um, but their names are Craig A-List and Holly Big Time. Uh, I thought that's probably like Oscar names. Like, yeah, yeah Holly Big Time. Yeah, Holly Big Time. Um, Craig and Holly walk into uh, some sort of emergency building that's been set up for a company. Um, hmm. A gentleman called Lloyd Zader, played by Jonah Hill, meets them downstairs. Um, Lloyd said, I'm so glad you're here. This is a real crisis. Craig removes his sunglasses, revealing a second pair of sunglasses. Craig says, this is just what we do. The three hustle up to the very top floor of the two-floor building. So that's a bit of a hustle. A bit of comedy. comedy. We're going to the top floor. It's only got two floors. They're just going upstairs. That's cool. (laughs) It's really slow, really badass music. Yeah, yeah. and they just walk up like four steps. Um, (laughs) They burst into a boardroom and there's 17 shadowy, shadowy figures sat around this big table, all looking pensive um holly says this is worse than i thought lloyd oh much worse craig connects his google phone to the microsoft screen set up in the hp suite of the emergency building product placement i'm making money on top of money at this point that's what Mm. i'm for. holly you can all relax now things are going to get better craig the issue is in hand we can fix this holly kaiju have destroyed everything supply chains for everything have gone people need somewhere to turn and focus Craig, which is why we would like to bring this to your attention. Kaiju is bad, but Kaiju Zade is good for all of you, the CEOs of LucasAid. They all get up. Cheer. People will always need LucasAid, no matter what. We market this as a Kaiju solution. Drink this, Mm. forget your problems. You got typhoid because the medicine has dried up? Forget it. Kaiju Zade is here. Craig, you have no family left? Well, for five minutes, take a break. Drink some Kaiju Aid. Life doesn't have to be hard when Kaiju's Aid has your back. Holly, we make the bottle jet black. Board member 17, played by Anna Kendrick, asks, um, our, cre- our creative re- uh, recipe team are all dead. What do we put in the bottle? Craig, I'm glad you asked, 17. My answer, whatever the fuck you've got left. Holly said, who gives a shit, <laughs> isn't it? Just tell all the refugees and orphans that it solves everything. Jonah Hill nods and applauds. The movie would then tell the story of LucasAid employing the Kaiju as a brand ambassador. Kaiju would eventually kill mm. everyone. The last shot is an empty bottle of Kaiju's Aid on top of the bones of Halle Berry. LucasAid's stock price actually ends up higher at the end of the movie, but this might be due to the writer's lack of understanding of how this works. Kaiju's Aid. Kaiju's Aid. That is very impactful. It's very powerful. Yeah. I think... You probably piss a lot of people off, and it'll be it. It sounds like a David Lynch film in a way. It's like David Lynch mixed with Benicio. No, um, guy did Pan's Labyrinth. What's that movie called? Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, it is. If they fuck, this would be their film, baby. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, there are places that you can take it. There are things you can do. I think it would be sort of like very, it's very satirical, right? Like it's just like satire every single way. And I think that is good. Uh, and I would enjoy that. You we, you and I would enjoy that a lot. I think satire doesn't necessarily do well in the Oscars, but you know, you know, things can change. Your 35 minutes beginning mm-hmm. with this horrible, disgusting war, war footage is good. It's like, what would society do to make 
here for human interest, right? For CEO interest. What could they do? Which I do like about it, but it does feel very, very satirical, which isn't a bad thing. It depends on how... It might not win an Oscar. I think if we made the trailer only cuts from the opening 35 minutes... Mm. Oh, lies to people? Is that, I yeah, feel like Well, is it, is it lies or is it just Terminator 2? It's a film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not lying that these scenes are in the movie. Um, mm. I'm just not telling everyone that it's actually the story of Lucas Aid and Lucas what they did <laughs> to get through the kaiju crisis, which is it's tough. It's tough for them. We need to think about them. Yeah, it adds another element. Like it, I, I do kind of love it because I always like lying to people, and it kind of it, a satirical idea or like human greed. It, it just feels to me. Yeah, yeah. and how so capitalism. This is where it leads us. Yeah, how would the companies react? Like, it's all we, we're not thinking about their stock price. We're just thinking about all the siblings we lose along the way. Um, and it's very true to how a lot of companies react nowadays. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, yeah. I think that, and I think that the sooner we get the kaiju on products, the better it is for everyone. True, kaiju need to be woke. Yeah, Can you imagine if um, Schindler's List came out now. Do you genuinely yeah, it would think never... people would actually put, like, Schindler on their products? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> there would definitely be, like, there'd a be, like, game of Schindler's List. There, there probably would. There would be a thousand gifts about Schindler. There would be, like, random parodies of it. Uh, yeah, uh, it would be all over the place. And people, uh, Schindler, like people who never even watched the film, be like, oh yeah, Schindler, Schindler's so funny. He's a doge cat of like yesteryear. I do think that's true. I think honestly, it's a bit too like cutting to be because the people who decide who wins the Oscars, right? I think they're invested in a lot of companies like Lucas Age. I think it's almost too radical and too cutting for it to be the to, to win an oscar that, that's no detriment to it because kind of in a way kind of the oscar. but i don't think it, it's too it's too out there it's too hardcore I've you know i've gone too far i was trying to make gone too far yeah you haven't tried to please the man enough you wanted to please the audience I've, I've, all i've done is make um what was that Hollywood movie that Tarantino made? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, what I've done is make that. Yours is going to be more insane than that. Yours is going to be a better movie. It's not difficult. <laughs> Even <laughs> with the 35 minutes of war footage. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I messed up. I'm sorry, everyone. But ben, no, how no, you no, no. Didn't you messed up. You made, you made something that is better than even the idea that we're thinking of. You made you know something what, that could be revolutionary. You made I'm, the rage against the machine of films. I reckon I would win. An, I would win the Golden Globe. But I'm not winning the Oscars. Yeah, maybe. Damn it! I think you win. You'd win. You'd win the hearts of the people. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine how upset. Just think about it. How upset like your nan would be if you took her to see this movie and it started off. She's like crying because of all this footage, and then it's David Duchovny <laughs> trying to put a monster on a cassette bottle. The end of drink Lucasade. What's in it? Rat shit. You <laughs> know. <laughs> what is this? It'd be real funny. I, I, I do really do love it. It might be my favourite of your ideas you've ever done. What would be more offensive? Okay. That or going to see Schindler's List, but someone cuts like some porn in it halfway through. Yours, your film. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
then save us win an oscar you know, I, i've done the very boring thing and i've done exactly what uh i don't know an oscar bait film is okay yeah. so got lisa cudrow her character's name is mandy jennifer lawrence her character's name is sarah took me two seconds to think of the character's name oh they were just the two You're the first two things writer, names so it's easy for you yeah. Uh, Lisa Cudrow is a faith healer who has lied to the world for over 25 years for her ability to heal through hymns and a bit of sleight of hand. Going over the world, she's, I'm sure there's famous faith healers who are obviously pieces of shit and know the line. She's one of these people. She's done it for 25 years. So she's just, just played people. She's become very, very successful. She's part of a mega church, right? For years, she's run through the world from those who would question her, those who would doubt her. She made a celebrity name. She's very, very famous in the eyes of the ignorant and the faith blind. She's become this kind of incredibly powerful person who has jets and jets and she has she has money for days. She has films. She's invested in everything. She's invested in LucasAid. Yeah? Uh, for years, she's been running this gamut, right? But she actually believes that one day she will have the power to heal others. She, she thinks that God or whoever will give her the ability to do what she pretends to do because she knows that is what she believes, right? She, she has perhaps a bit of psychosis. She, she is, she's been a break from reality for years and years. She thinks, I am this person that will receive this power. So she's pretended to do for a long time. Okay? One day, Jayla comes strolling in. Right, download the throne. Uh, Jayla comes strolling in. She's a journalist from the Boston Globe. Say that. Um, she's fascinated with the story. She's a person with Jayla, Jayla, Sarah, person of faith. And she wants to know her side of the story. Because a lot of, obviously, a lot of people think, kind of see through, through Lisa Cudbury's bullshit. Um, she's, but she wants to know her side of the story. What, and it's if it's possible for her to do good. Because she thinks she can. She thinks Mandy, Lisa Cudbury, do a lot of good in her position. They get to know each other really, like a sister. They become, obviously, there's an age difference, but. It becomes like a really like sister-like bond, yeah? It becomes this bond that is, they're their best friends, they, they follow each other for, for a long time. And this is a good, this is the first hour of the movie. Lisa Cudrow's uh, Mandy being the faith healer, then 10 minutes into it, Jenna J-Law turns up as Sarah. Next 40 minutes are them avoiding questions, becoming friends, going to this faith, these faith healing events, right? Uh, and then the twist comes. On Faithful Night, Jayla reveals that Phoebe, I mean Mandy, is her mother, and she has cancer. Okay? Oh, my God. Sarah, J-Law's character, this was a chance to get to know her mother, and that abandoned her years and years ago, and she only has six months to live. Now, Mandy must search for God, everything in her, to actually find the ability she always thought she would come to have and heal her daughter. Wow, you're definitely winning an Oscar with that story. If you play that Oscar right, bait. if you play yeah. that right, your one contentious point could be how you present God in this movie. It's true, it's true. Because I, I reckon this movie could piss a lot of Christians off. I also don't really care. Um, that, but you know that is right, and I don't think God should be perceived as something negative. It's something someone is taking what taking mostly probably good teachings. And, take, uh, and uh, using them, right? Like, uh, kind of uh, abusing them. But the character itself thinks they're doing it for eventual good. They're just, they're, they're just a psychotic psycho, character who thinks they, they deserve the right to have these actual abilities. So right now, just they're basically faking it till they're making it, right? Um, 
And I think, yeah, I think there should also be another character who is a genuine good person of faith. Maybe like Lisa Kudrow's assistant or something. Like someone who thinks, or, or even also, someone who also is... Also played by Lisa Kudrow. Also played by Lisa Kudrow, yeah. <laughs> Lisa Kudrow, de-aged, like 20 years. De-aged uh, in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, maybe even someone who is against Lisa Kudrow's, uh, who is actually a person of faith. I think, yeah, you're right. Could you for an idea? Yeah. Could Mandy be refusing medical treatment? Mm. And so Lisa Kudrow has like a crisis of faith because Mandy's like, well, I, God will heal me. And yes. Lisa Kudrow's like, yeah, God could heal you, but you really should yeah. take that medicine, dude. You've just made this, but this is why Rice's room is this. Yeah, you just made it better. Yeah, that is why uh, for a while she wants to kind of keep up the lie that she's had for 25 years, right? And then. Maybe she does for 10, 15 minutes, or maybe she does for like a month in their time. Then she just realised she has to face the reality and tell her daughter she has to go to chemotherapy. That's that's maybe how it should end, how it, how it should go. Mm. You, my friend, have a brain of gold. Does Mandy live or die? Uh, well, actually, J-Law's character is called Sarah. At least cover Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. It's fine, it's fine. I'll forgive you in a week. Um, I don't know. I don't actually. I think I. I kind of want something that you don't know she's going to survive. Maybe it looks a bit a little more positive. Maybe there's a scene that looks a bit positive. Maybe a scene looks less positive. Right. The idea is that they've had this relationship where Lisa Cutler has been real for the first time in 25 years because that's all she can be because she realized that. All, right, all the all the psychosis and all the all the pretending in her in her head is not real led to anything real. But her throwing all that away has led to real moments with her daughter who might die. This is a, a very, very heavy story I'm through. It's very heavy, yeah. But I feel like Lisa Cudrow could really play this character right because I know people know her as the character who is kind of less in touch with reality a lot of time. And J-Law J- can do anything. Honestly, J-Law could play you in a film and she'd get be fucking great, isn't it? Yeah. I like it. I think you've definitely got a better chance of winning an Oscar. Yeah, but I think you. I'd rather watch your film. Yeah, the trouble with your movies is Oscar baity to the point where you could just be watching two people at the fun fair throwing balls at coconuts because they're having a character yeah. moment. You're just like, oh, can something explode? <laughs> need <laughs> <laughs> more explosions than you ask someone is yeah yeah I, I do agree with that but I also love that shit in films yeah. that's that yeah, you know, I love I love you need good friends. scripts and good actors at that point which you've got so yeah. they could probably make it work the only the only alternative we could do is like montage through that stuff yeah but it wouldn't be it wouldn't hit as enough maybe, maybe do a little, little montage but then have a five minute scene a little montage five minute scene could we do awesome. one tease where there might be vampires in the movie. Absolutely. That's the post-credit scene. The, uh, <laughs> J-Law's character dies, and she's like, ah, I'm a vampire now. No, they, they go to, like, Sunday Mass or something, and then yeah. they go to do whatever they do, eat the cookie and drink some booze or something, and she's like, she takes a sip of the wine, spits it out, goes, ah, oh, it tastes like blood. Yeah. And that's the only time they, men- they never mention it again. <laughs> She's only been showing things. We just like pretend to do vampire. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the way you do it. It would ruin the Oscar chances, but fucking it'd be worth it. It would be worth it. Could um could the 
perceived bad person in the movies, the medical doctor, mm. be played by Anthony Hopkins? I think he's a little too old. I think someone like uh, Mark Rylance would be really good at the, the role. Dave Batista. Dave Batista. Oh, why not? I am really looking forward to seeing Knock at the Cabin. Really? Apparently, it's excellent. That's cool. I've just kind of given up faith with Shyamalan movies, to be honest. Maybe that should be next year's Oscar movie, is you rediscovering your faith and you realise M. Night is your father. It's probably true. Yeah, Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guys, let's know which movie... Two questions. Which movie would you rather... Which movie would you buy from the 99p bargain bucket in a supermarket DVD section that they still have for some reason? And which do you think is more likely to win an Oscar? Oh, also, write in with your random Oscar-based ideas. Like, we, we, we're not against stealing other people's ideas. <laughs> yeah, join the writer's room by just giving join us shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that rogue underscore opinion. You can find me at Nathan Greenaway. Ben, where can people find you? Ben underscore EBRT on Twitter and Tawny100 on Instagram. That's great. We will be back, of course, next week. Um, but until then, what is the Oscars? I have no idea. I didn't know if they'd already happened yet or not. <laughs> um, they're making Venom 3, so I guess this week, watch the hey. first two. Or don't. You don't want to waste four hours of your life. <laughs> Bye now.